0: We're anti,
1: anti Bitcoin. I was all like, "Guys, stay away."
0: So Rick Edelman converted you.
1: Rick Edelman may have converted me, not fully, but all right. I see, I, I see this, I see the future. Delano's
0: like, "Whatever it takes." <laughs> Dude, Rick Edelman's biggest achievement to me is how many times he sold the same company. <laughs> it's I he I sold asked it. That I was like, how? he sold it like eight times. It's So incredibly impressive.
1: It's crazy.
0: It's like Jay Z with Title. <laughs> like Jay Z sold Title three times. <laughs> you know that's a, that's what it that's what it seems like from the outside looking I, Rick is a very nice guy I like He
1: him. is I asked him that I was like how, what was it like running a public company He's he's made many deals
0: Oh no over the years Barry you're on speaker do not say anything incriminating
1: Barry <laughs> I I miss you
0: That's Amelia That's Amelia <laughs> Hey
1: Barry Hi, Amelia how are you Good it's been too long <laughs> Where are you? I'm um, uh, at home in my home
0: office upstairs. Um, Did you figure I, it out? Yeah, No, you are correct. You're absolutely right. I, I reached out to Harsh. You said you were, you were right. That's a huge difference. All right. Say no more. I'll talk to you later. Bye. You're welcome. He is a classic. He is an absolute classic. <laughs> That's the applause from when like, Kelly Bundy used to come down the stairs, unmarried with children. I'm pretty sure. There's like wolf whistles in there.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. I kind I mean, like of like it. Uh, I kind of like it. All right. So excited you guys can come and do this.
1: Testing. One, two, three, testing.
0: You took last week off.
1: You did? Oh, yeah. yeah. You were in Cali. I
0: was, yeah, I was in California. And, you know, one of the things that we're really trying to do with the show is not do remote
1: because mm-hmm. we
0: did that. Like we, I did a zoom every week for I don't know, 14 months. Mm -hmm. So that was like the idea of like, let's just do it live. And then if we can't, we just don't do a show. So, so we skipped less, even though I could have, like, I could have totally done a zoom from the hotel room. It's, it's a lower production value. So I just, it's not the same.
1: You need to see the faces.
0: I mean, it was so funny doing zoom podcasts during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. because what I learned was that it doesn't matter who you are, how big of a deal you are, A, your tech is a mess, but B, you probably don't work that hard.
2: <laughs> what up, Amelia? Oh like, God. all these
0: guys were at their lake house. It,
1: I love your Like, shirt. aren't you being
0: paid millions of dollars to be a chief investment strategist? they <laughs> like,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> the tech's a nightmare.
0: It really was like a year-long vacation for Amelia, of I can't get that song yes. out of my
2: head that you sang to us last time.
1: Are you saying that you no. want a repeat? Although that was
2: really surprising. I think, I think that's what I think that's what you're saying. I think <laughs> I
1: think it's uh, it's time for me to start warming up the vocals no, Fred and Fred uh, Norris over
2: there. How was um? Where was the conference?
1: Scottsdale. Oh, yeah.
2: A dry heat. As dry you said.
1: heat. I did all my interviews outside. We did, we did
2: one there. We were in Scottsdale.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was hotter. Really. Ninety-seven.
2: Okay. I think we were hot. Are not,
0: admit, not to brag. Are people walking are people walking <laughs> around within the conference masked?
1: No. Nobody. Really? No? No. Arizona. It's Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. They don't mandate masks in indoor spaces. But so. people
0: didn't take it upon themselves to mask up, even though they're in a room with people from every corner of the country. Some did. Did you okay. did uh did people have to show a vaccine card?
1: Yeah. So okay. that's it. You, okay. In order to okay. register, okay. So you have I, to. So then show, I wouldn't have worn
0: a mask either. Yeah, that's okay. why
1: you have to show proof of vaccination, COVID test. So and they had and they had wristbands that were green, yellow, red to indicate how comfortable you were with how people much COVID you have.
0: <laughs> wait, wait, start over.
1: Each wristband represented your comfort level in, in terms of. <laughs>
2: Oh, no, that makes sense. It makes sense. No, it goes. No, no, yes. Red no, it is like, stay away sense. from me. Red's red really is stay me. away
1: <laughs> I, I would carry each one and then depending green is on like, who you walked up to me. Green
2: <laughs> is like, let's go to the bar. Uh, I should walk around with a red band all the time on my wrist. Just like, yeah. just stay away.
1: Yeah. I had green. I, I was green all over, but then you, you kind of have to switch to yellow. It gets a little it gets a little too much.
0: Were there red people?
1: There was red people.
0: Okay. And they like sat by themselves? It's made
1: eye contact. Those,
2: like, were, those, were, those were back office people. <laughs>
1: so that's They're the people putting on the conference. They're like, we know, we know what goes on here.
0: Okay. Um, and was there like people. a party?
1: Yeah, I didn't go to the parties. Yeah,
0: skip it. What were skip the, the parties? What were the parties?
1: Well, the big one was last night. Journey was there.
0: Like real Journey. journey. Wow. Journey like Journey cover Don't band stop or Journey. <laughs> <laughs> or the actual Journey. Did <laughs> you get to go on
1: stage?
2: Unreal. Wait, Did how you, many people were there?
1: Uh, So they had 700 registered. I think it was around 500. That's a lot of
0: people. A lot of people. people.
1: Yeah.
2: Was Eric Clark
0: rocking out the journey?
1: I imagine Like in his
0: own very Midwestern calm way? Yeah. (laughs) He was was raging. Yeah. In a very gentle way. The most
1: gentlest of ways you could rage, he did it.
0: Um, Rick Edelman. So you were saying Rick Edelman converted you to a Bitcoin person? He's that been was, on that. For, we saw Rick right
2: Edelman talking about Bitcoin like I don't know, four years ago.
1: Yeah.
0: So kudos to him. He's not a, John, he's not a Johnny come lately with no, 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 uh, crypto.
2: No, no. He was
3: very And,
0: and he's been
2: talking about it for advisors. He was super early. So he credit was. where credit is due. Yes.
1: We'll give it to him. And listen, last time I was on here, I was very anti. So he swayed me. Anti? Yeah.
2: Traditionally, it's anti. Anti. That,
1: anti. Was that,
2: that was only a few weeks <laughs> that ago. must
1: be the British, not Tomato, tomato, I guess. <laughs> on tea. Yeah.
2: Delana, you have a voice for, for this. I mean, that is a smooth voice. Uh, thank you.
3: Yeah, I hear that, yeah, that some, every once in a while. Right? I hear my own we echo might have down. you read some promos for us before you
2: leave. Oh, interesting. Twitter will allow users to add Bitcoin and Ethereum addresses on their profile.
0: Oh, that sounds insufferable. How quickly can I get one up there?
3: <laughs>
0: I have to I have to find what my login is though first. Oh sure. That.
2: That's exciting. <laughs>
0: Wait, so that people can gift you? Yeah. Tip you? Know, you? Yeah. Okay. All right. This, this is how you tips. know it's official, by the way. Nice. Yeah.
3: My wallet is beep, no, beep, beep, beep,
0: Welcome to The Compound and Friends. All opinions expressed by me, Michael Batnick, and our castmates are solely our own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Ritholtz Wealth Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for any investment decisions. Clients of Ritholtz Wealth Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast.
2: Today's show is brought to you by Polymarket. Listen, two weeks ago, or seven years in the crypto universe, I made a little, little bet that Cardano would break $3 before January 1st, 2020-22. Did it happen, Duncan? I, I think so. It did. Not to brag. I'm a winner. Uh, but full disclosure, it's not all roses. I bet that Tyron Woodley would beat Jake Paul. That's a smaller wager. I'm down 100% on that. I don't know if you – that that fight's over. <laughs> um. So this is fun. I, I bet that Tim Tebow would score a touchdown. What do you think about that? I, I don't even know where he plays. He doesn't. Exactly, Duncan. He's not even on a roster. He was on the Jaguars, but I got cut preseason. Um, I can't afford a CryptoPunk because the floor price is ninety five. A cool $360,000. But I can bet on whether or not the, pri- the floor price of CryptoPunks will be above 100 ETH on October 1st. I bet no. That's I'm a harder. hater. I said no. So right now it's at 95. I took the under. We'll see. Anyway, all sorts of stuff. Polymarket.com to learn more.
0: All right. Lucky 13. First of all, we weren't here last week, but I want to say thank you to the listeners who catapulted this show into the top 30 investing podcasts in the United States. And I believe very highly ranked in New Zealand. So I'm not saying that
2: we need to be top 10, but how are they 29 ahead of us? It's no, kind of they're, they're
0: not. So if I told you what they're considering investing podcasts, you uh-huh. would laugh. <laughs> First of all, I think Dave Ramsey has five of them. Um, which are, I think,
2: more religion than investing. His audience <laughs> is as big as Sean Hannity or something. He has a massive, 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 massive. And he, massive, and he
0: puts up like three or three to five shows a week. He, so he cheats.
2: He's he, like he breaks up a three-hour show into one-hour podcasts. Got mm-hmm. him. And oh, so there's three calling buddy. you out,
0: <laughs> calling you out, Big Dave. <laughs> Dave has done a lot of good for people that were in debt and didn't know where to turn to it is good a, advice it is at good a time advice. when nobody was, was giving them that kind of guidance. Mm-hmm. Dave, Dave's done a lot for people. I don't agree with him on his uh, mutual fund takes, but so what? He probably doesn't agree with me on my Nick's takes. So it's like, we, we can all live together. Um, but cheating on a podcast uh, charts that I will not abide.
1: <laughs> we don't support.
0: So he does no. one show. Duncan, he does one show and makes it three hours.
2: Uh, yeah, so he does like three-hour shows that he then breaks up into individual one-hour podcasts. Yeah, such so bullshit. Let me ask you a
0: question. Why didn't you think of that? <laughs> hey, All man, right. It's
2: never too late.
0: All right. Good for good for Dave. There's a lot of stuff in there, though, Mike, to answer your question that is not actually an investing podcast. Like um, what's his name? Uh, Portnoy talking to uh, like TikTok stars. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's considered a, an investing but podcast. But it's
1: interesting sometimes.
0: Listen, if if that's if people are into that, that's fine. It's just miscategorized. All right. Uh, we have we have a great show today. I'm so excited that you guys are here. Uh, Amelia's back. Amelia, say hi to the folks. Woo All right. Good to be back. You are now experienced at the compound and friends. Like you know how this works. I saw you in the dock last night, like seven, eight o'clock away. at night.
1: You like that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Just landed All on right. the dock.
0: Killing it. Never um, stop and uh, new friend to uh to the compounded friends delano say hello to
3: everybody hey everyone how are you guys doing all right listen that oh,
1: voice <laughs> that voice can we hear that again
3: hey everyone how are you guys doing we're, oh. gonna, we're gonna hear it a lot
1: goosebumps i've got goosebumps
3: uh the
0: contrast between that voice and this voice <laughs> is terrible for me uh uh delano Sapporo is the founder of new street new street is your own advisory firm yes and yeah. you're killing it and if i misremember this i apologize are you now a CNBC contributor? Yes, yes. Holy cow. This is the best year you, ever you. for
3: you? It is um, a, a really good year, okay. yes. I would, I would categorize the it. This dude <laughs> is on fire. And, and what position did you play? In in football. Yeah. yeah cornerback. Cornerback at the University of North Dakota. So
0: and you also, had speed and aggression.
3: I was more of the Richard Sherman style. I was the, the intangibles, the guessing, and it makes sure you understand the coverages, but not the quick short corner.
0: Okay. So yeah. But you kind of knew where, where the guy would end up. And, and you got got yourself 100%. there. Wait, was 100%. there a butt also?
2: What else were you gonna
3: say? Oh no. Yeah, that was it. Just okay. coverage, zone okay. cover corner, and cause press man to man, use the, the rangy arms. Yeah. I yeah. played corner in Mad in two thousand six. Yeah, oh. you're pretty good. I was gonna
0: say. <laughs> um, all right. So so first of all, it's feeling toppy. Amelia just got back from a conference and is now laser eyes. Did you do it to your profile yet? No. No. Your avatar? Okay. Not
1: yet. (laughs) Uh,
0: The first thing I want to get into is this Fidelity thing. They're going to hire 9,000 more people, which in a normal situation, like you'd be like, oh, that's great. But Mm -hmm. some people have a problem with that. Um, But they want to hire technology people. They want to hire customer service people. They said 700,000 new accounts for investors age 35 and younger opened in just the second quarter. So that's the
2: topic signal?
0: Well I get it. they've probably been opening a million accounts right. a quarter for the last year if they're anything like everybody else. Yeah. And why wouldn't you hire right. to uh but 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 historically Wall Street hiring binges have not been uh have not been a good time to buy stocks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Does this stuff bother you or not really?
3: Macro level, I would say it doesn't bother me. We know, as you mentioned, that they're 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 gonna act reactionary in those situations, but <laughs> there's just so much areas where we're seeing younger investors that's the big bull with younger investors under 35 coming into the market i don't think it bothers me at this point
0: they're not going to younger investors might get hurt if if the market crashes but they're not going to stop investing no,
3: no. Mm-hmm.
0: so it almost it, it almost from fidelity's perspective it doesn't matter no. if this is a market top because they're still going to need people to service these accounts 100% mm-hmm. right right so like for for me it's not really a great signal of anything if you tell me though like Morgan Stanley or Goldman Sachs are hiring more people to churn our IPOs, yeah. for example. Yeah. <laughs> that would be different than Respects. we need more people's service accounts.
1: Yeah, and they're hiring in tech. That's, that's an interesting space. And I think a lot of asset managers are focused on their digital asset capabilities. It's a good area to focus on.
0: Yeah, yeah the only area, frankly.
1: Right. So that's, I think, a good thing. And if you look at Fidelity versus Robinhood – Robinhood really need the day traders, right, in order to survive. Fidelity, yeah. I mean, if we go into a bear market, they're in a much better position than Robinhood would be, right? Because they need the-
2: Asset asset management.
0: Yeah, you know, they
1: 401k. have so many business lines.
0: Yeah. But exactly.
2: even, even if we go into a bear market, so I, I think, and I'm willing to change my mind if the evidence- shows itself because I am very open-minded mm-hmm. or confident in my assertions, but open-minded, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, very confident in my assertions. So uh, it, ben. if if the market falls apart and goes the other way, like I think Robinhood is the most addictive social media app in the world. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that these people are going to leave it, particularly because the average account size is $5,000, yeah. right? So let's say they get railroaded and they lose 1700 bucks. I mean, you know, that would be great, but I don't think they're going to leave. And then furthermore, they're just going to flip to leveraged, bearish ETFs. Yeah. And there's always something going up even in a wide bear market. Like not like March 2020, but the activity norm-
0: will continue. Yeah, like they're not
2: they're, they're not leaving. No. So some of the people that like are just Kind of dabbling, sure they'll go away. But the people that are addicted, that are hooked, that have it in their pocket, that are swiping up four times a day—they're not leaving. No. I don't no. care. I don't care what the market
0: does. This is Jared Dillian, who we, we know him, right? I love Jared. Jared. I love Jared. Dude, right?
2: I love Jared's Spicy takes. He likes to kick the hornet's nest. He wrote a piece <laughs> that the CFA is a colossal waste of time last year. So this is very much on on uh, on brand oh, for him. Really? Let <laughs> me let me
1: read what Jared. I'd like to read that piece. Let me read what
2: Jared said. He's is he at what was it? at daily da- daily dirt nap.
0: At Daily Dirt Nap. So you know what flavor the commentary is coming in. Yeah,
2: he's like, very, he's very who he all is. Right. Uh question.
0: Uh quite uh quote, the question is whether this is a permanently high plateau of retail trading activity or will a bear market cause all these new investors to become frustrated and give up. Um he says I think we know the answer. I, I don't, don't think, think we, we do. Agree.
2: I don't think we do. I think I think I think uh well,
0: hold, hold on. the jury's out. TD Ameritrade's investor movement index, mm. a measure that has tracked clients' positioning in the market since twenty ten. Rose to the highest level on record in June. What <laughs> I don't know what's in the I don't know what's in the movement index. Is
2: that how many times they're trading or how long stocks they are? Do we know? I don't know what's in there. But so here's the thing. So what are signs of a top mean? Are we talking about a fifteen percent pullback? Are we talking about like a top or no, the top generational top? Come on. I mean that's that's really hard. That's yeah. really that's really hard to call. I don't I don't think that this thing is going away. I mean, if you want to talk about like is the stock market frothy? Sure. Have we been saying that for the last nine, have we been saying that for the last nine years? Yes. Every day? Yes. The same people? Yes. What's his tweet? So Carter Braxton Worth, if we're looking for signs for the top, you don't have to to look very hard. You don't have to be Sherlock Holmes. He said, for the month of August, we've made 10 new intraday all-time highs in the S&P 500. This hasn't happened in the month of August since dot, dot, dot. That's my dot, dot, dot. 1987. We know what happened in October 1987. The record number of intraday all-time highs in the month of August is 11, which happened. Oh, shit. It happened in 1929. All right. We're doomed. (laughs)
0: <laughs> is this a masterpiece tweet? He got 1987 and 1929. 29. Yeah, this, to, is, this into is into the same markets. 280 character tweet. <laughs>
1: That's unbelievable. This
2: is chef's kiss. It's
0: very, very well done, Carter. The mm-hmm. only thing missing here is like I don't know, Black Plague or, or like, so
2: <laughs> 15, say. whatever year it was.
0: Right, yeah. Spanish Inquisition. Also maybe. had many
2: market highs. I mean, listen, this this weekend for the first time, uh, I had. Uh, my stepmother asked me about bitcoin mm. i had my stepdad asked me about bitcoin
0: um so you sell when they ask about nfts <laughs> bitcoin's too bitcoin's <laughs> like a blue chip at this point do you do you get you get a lot of your clients yeah. initially find you on social media yes so they're seeing all this shit also they're seeing it so it, do you get
3: questions about it or 100 percent? there's a lot of questions about crypto nfts just the whole space in general and Really? Oh, no, yeah. I
0: mean like the toppy stuff. Like are they reading these people's tweets and like reacting <laughs> or
3: not really? No, not really. Okay. I just don't think a lot of younger investors really care about they see the opportunity to buy more. Um, I saw that a lot when, you know, we had the initial pullback there was just an opportunity. That's what a lot just of people how it saw, should be. How, yes. They want to see the opportunity. So I don't think younger investors are looking at this as, even if they don't not even seen the signs, they're not worried about it. Younger signs. investors should be on their hands and knees praying for a market crash exactly. every day.
2: Right. Like that. They should be, they should beg for the opportunity to dollar cost average into stocks as they go. So like, the,
0: the, right. Cause conversely, how does it help them if they have to put money into the market every two weeks in their paycheck? Yeah. Like to maximize their 401k, they're buying less shares every time. So you have eight out of ten, eight out of 10 intraday, all time highs in the SPX. If you're a buyer for the next four decades, how is
2: that good? It's good for your parents, your grandparents.
0: Mm -hmm. It's not great for you. Mm
2: Um, market's been weird though because it just goes up every day a little bit mm-hmm. and uh so it feels like like cumulatively we're up I don't know 18 20% year to date yeah. but it's boring yeah. nothing's happening yeah. we're not I mean going We need the excitement back right that. like we're just we're, we're there's not like euphoria euphoric buying mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. and a lot of the names that had euphoria like the the SPAC names the non-profitable tech names They're they down. got annihilated down, yeah. right so even the S&P is at all time highs and it's hovering near there but a lot of like the the go stuff got crushed
3: yeah mm-hmm.
0: what's funny about that is those aren't we those aren't advisor areas of the market. No. Like advisors don't own the SPAC ETF. like no. uh, Or the moonshot ETF? Moonshots, uh, um, electric vehicles. Like no. advisors don't build own those as trips. big components in portfolios. So that is a purely retail phenomenon on the way up and on the way down. Yeah.
3: Right. hundred percent. I, I you make a great point. I had clients asking, you know, during time, like, why are we doing more into that in that space? And I just said, you know, I just don't want due diligence and research. There's no way you can cover all those names and really, unless you're buying broad market in, in those SPAC space and buying e, in ETF, but there's no way you can know everything about all those companies and fully be able to allocate enough cash right. where you feel comfortable or conviction on that. And so there was just a space I stayed clear of. And you know i feel vindicated a lot of times right mm-hmm. now cuz we're looking at year to date the yeah. you know tips on 20 you know what's so
0: great about yeah. that this will happen again and again and you'll be able to point to Remember, I talked you out of buying Chinese battery companies, (laughs) like, like. Remember, I talked you out of a SPAC that's since been cut in half. Like, hundred percent. Not that this will definitely be the same thing, but just remember that that's a very real possibility. But
2: also, the stock market is so boring these days. Like, not just even though it's going slowly. Speak
0: for yourself. I'm on fire right now. (laughs) You are,
2: but it's boring relative to the crypto markets and the NFT and the metaverse and the DeFi. Mm -hmm. Like, that's where all of the excitement is right now.
0: And that's why I'm focused so much on COVID instead. Because COVID's exciting again, COVID's I mean, back. COVID is like back. <laughs> Listen, in, in, I was many, in, in many ways stronger than ever.
1: I was in Texas. Mm-hmm. I was in Colorado. I was in Arizona. They so all you have- might
0: you might be
2: infecting us. So right what now.
0: you're saying is like talking <laughs> directly afraid, at us. Guys, don't worry.
2: Okay. not So okay. so ben, no Ben has you COVID. Told me you had a green wristband, but okay. <laughs> ben is getting re- Ben is like no joke getting wrecked by COVID. And I guess he if you're vaccinated and you get COVID, is that does that like is that the Delta variant? Is that what it is?
1: Yeah, you. Yes.
2: Right. So it's
1: it's a variant. It's it's going to be a variant. It's kicking
2: his ass right ben now. Ben is on day four, and he's in shape. He's got pecs. Like <laughs> hot, like he has like vein, He has like he's veins right. in his arms. Yeah. So uh, no, it's no joke. Like he's he's not doing very well right now. I mean, he's he's, he's going to be okay, but he got really sick. We bo-
1: no, it's scary. I think you have to still act safe. Yeah. and Be cautionary right when you go in the situations wear masks distance or do what you gotta do no i'm
0: just kidding there is no work <laughs> no but when i say it's like stronger than ever the breakthrough infections are f- up like that wasn't supposed to be as prevalent i understand 95 percent effective means five out of 100 people will get a breakthrough mm-hmm. infection yeah i just don't like to hear it yeah. about people i know yeah but and also that's i guess what's changed but for,
2: for the most part like obviously ben and many others aside like for the most part it's much less dramatic yeah. the mm-hmm. effect that it's having on you. If yeah. you're if you're not vaccinated, you get delta. Like, yeah. go, you know, good luck. Yeah. It's like, it's really, really yeah. nasty. Yeah. And
1: being in those states where people don't believe that they should, yeah. those are the ones that are going to get hit.
2: But
0: those are also the ones with the spikes in vaccination
1: because
0: mm. people could say whatever shit they want on Facebook, but they're also not. They're not. They might be stupid, but they're not crazy, <laughs> or they might be crazy, but they're not stupid. Mm-hmm. Like. I think there are a lot of people who are just like quietly seeing family members get this and going and getting vaccinated,
2: which might be a silver lining. So that's the thing. Like there's cognitive dissonance, but like – so you could like think COVID is not a thing until Mm -hmm. it hits you or your family Mm -hmm. or somebody you live Mm -hmm. with. Like at that point, you got to be like – You would be surprised though because,
0: (laughs) because not really. Like the president didn't change his rhetoric or his behavior that much pre and post getting COVID. So it's not definitely that it really hits home. And makes you change at least the way you speak about it outwardly. I don't know.
1: Well, now that Pfizer is FDA approved, hopefully that will so. sway some of the
0: right. A lot. Yeah. Right. A lot of these anti-vaxxers are very big on reading clinical reports from Pfizer <laughs> and, and FDA approvals. It's, it's true. Uh, yeah. Consumer confidence took a hit, uh, six-month low in August, and the worries cited were soaring COVID nineteen infections, and higher inflation was number two. Mm. Um, but people are still traveling. They and want to go on vacation. Yeah. Yeah. So I threw this article in the doc from the Wall Street Journal because it reminded me of financial advisors. You just went on vacation. I did. I just got back, got, got back from California. but And we worked with a travel agent. So I use a travel agent. Like I'm not a Luddite. <laughs> I understand Expedia exists, but I don't pay her. She's oh. incredible. She gets paid by the hotels. I don't care. Mm. So why wouldn't you use a travel agent to book a trip that's going to be expensive? You know why? Mm.
2: I think most people don't know that that's an option. I agree, I agree with for you. For example, when you told me that you used a car broker, I didn't know that was a thing. Mm. I had no idea. Well, oh, I, I didn't, didn't know, know that was a thing car bro- So, car brokers are a thing. Last year, I wanted to get a Jeep Wrangler. Did you call Richie? <gasps> Oh, uh, no.
1: Michael, that was the car I drove in high school. Well, Double I, you, door you, Jeep Wrangler. You,
2: you can't get- bought yours. You can't- g- I drove a Buick Regal. Is it pink?
1: It's actually electric blue. It's very cool. I drove a Buick Regal,
2: which is like the oldest mom mobile ever. Yeah. Um, but you couldn't get a Jeep Wrangler because they were sold. Nobody was making them. You could get them for like 30% more expensive. So anyway, I went to- I was like, you know, I don't care. I'm, I'll just get a Jeep-, Jeep car in Cherokee. That's fine. Um. And I was negotiating. I said, wait a minute. This is so annoying. Like the back and the fourth, so yeah. a, a broker. I was on the phone with him for twenty minutes. He found me a car two days later, drove it to my house. Oh. It was hundred fifty dollars or something less than I was quoted. No brainer. But most people just don't know that that's so an brokers option. Brokers are
0: badasses. No, bad-
2: this this guy just used the to the own a dealership. Nothing. nothing. They they negotiated with the, with the dealership. Yeah. He's getting oh a piece of the God. lease. You don't even see oh. it. Oh. So so I exaggerate. It wasn't that much of a big savings, but it was a significant savings and the time and energy was like just awful that. Yeah. Give it to somebody else. Yeah. 100%. Fantastic.
0: So yeah. people still want to travel. Now it's a pain in the ass again. Like now the rules are changing again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Things are getting canceled. Yeah. Um, so people are like rediscovering travel agents and travel agents, like if they ever had a moment Now is that moment (laughs) for all of the millions of people who want to get on with their lives. So it reminded me of financial advisors in a market panic, Mm -hmm. like where all of a sudden it's like, all right, I do it myself. I do it myself. Wait a minute. I am about to do something really stupid because I'm (laughs) terrified. Let me talk to somebody. Like that is the biggest source of people coming to us. Mm -hmm. They know we exist. Mm -hmm. They read ours. But like when things get ugly in the markets is when they really just want to talk to people. So um, this is Wall Street Journal, quote, with the pandemic, our credibility and our necessity have gone off the charts. Mm. And I think we're now advocates, says Jennifer Wilson Buttigieg, no relation, <laughs> co-president of Valerie Wilson Travel. Travel is possible. It's just difficult. Yeah. Right. So it reminds me of like a market panic. Investment Investing is possible. It's just difficult. And I highly recommend to anyone that's not using a travel agent, mm-hmm. they don't charge you money. I never knew that. How do you find, I do, find I, I,
2: you deal? How do you find a travel agent?
0: This was a recommendation from uh, uh, Sprinkles. Went to University of Michigan. Her best friend, who also went there, grew up with this this woman. Mm. So you ask so, around.
2: You ask for a recommendation. Ask, ask
1: friends. Friends of friends. Yeah. And yeah. like basically,
0: that. she's like, "Where do you want to go?" She's not like telling us, "Oh, have mm-hmm. you thought of Bermuda?" Yeah. My brother lives in California. I had to go. I was supposed to go last year. He has kids growing up that I'm seeing on Instagram. Like, Mm. I had to go. Mm. So given that I had to go, that's when you say to somebody, what's the right way to do this? Mm. And she, like, gets taken care of by the resorts, the restaurants.
3: And so is it more that they're figuring out, okay, you travel at this time, this is the best rate, everything, that's the value add? Or is it just more of the time?
0: Yeah, like and and then which plate, which hotel, and who's mm. running a deal, and who's most likely to change their price, hold off,
2: mm-hmm. like
0: who will negotiate with you and who won't, like that kind of thing. Mm. I don't know that. St- I don't want to know that. And if it stuff. doesn't
2: cost you anything, that saves you time and effort. That's amazing,
0: yeah. right? So I think there's this built-in assumption that everything on the internet is cheaper, more efficient. Not really, not it's really. Uh, so it's it's nice to have experts, and I just thought that was a nice analog to what a lot of people yeah. working in in. Uh, our space to speaking of our space, Amelia, uh, Amelia, your time to shine because you are like, no, but you are covering the deal making every day, all day, every day. What's going yeah. on right now? We get
2: an email every day from city wire. Another, another, uh, MNA.
1: Yeah. Ian Wenick is our rock star reporter breaking, shout breaking to, these. Shout out to Ian. Yeah. Shout out to Ian. It's been crazy. By the way,
0: I know how he breaks all his stories. He just doesn't leave you alone until you talk to him. Cause I get I get my regular email from Ian every time we file our form ADV. Yeah, I could I he's, almost could set my watch by. Yep. It. So all right, he's, he's on the best.
1: Those. I think you're seeing a mini surge right now because people want to get stuff closed mm. by end of quarter, but it's nuts. We reported yesterday four deals: Beacon Point acquired a five hundred million dollar Seattle hybrid RIA, mm. Allworth bought a three hundred sixty seven million Maryland RIA, EP Wealth bought a one hundred thirty million Bay Area practice, and then Focus added another partner firm to its network. And I think in all of these deals they're joining they're joining these firms for different reasons. The one I thought was the most interesting was Beacon Point because they acquired Rainier Financial Group in Seattle. They're a hybrid so they use LPL as their broker dealer and they said they left because LPL didn't have enough tech offerings available. So that's why they joined Beacon Point. And I think that you you think in the broker dealer world too with when you're using these these big platforms, right? You're getting that access. But they said, no, they had a CRM, Investnets, Tamarack, planning mm-hmm. software, e-money, and they just didn't have those available. So let be, let me, be- That's let- what
2: Beacon Point is bringing to the table.
0: Yeah, those Sales
1: are the three Force, they mentioned. Tamarack,
2: and e-money. But how, how much, not to be so cynical, how much, how much do you believe there are reasons for leaving? Like, is it really tech or are there other things that we might not what do you, know about? What do you think it was, like
0: sexual harassment? No, like, <laughs>
2: no, uh, financial arrangements.
0: Oh, well, it's mm-hmm. always that. Yeah, so, no, I, that's agree with it. I think that's It's payout, the, right? All the time. It's, yeah, there's, well, that's so like
1: the bigger reason, yes. But I do think tech is is another reason, and in, and the funny part is, yeah, we, we a, needed
0: more tech. <laughs> I'm using air quotes, podcast <laughs> listeners. They needed higher payout. Come on, that's
1: what I'm but saying. But the funny thing is, we wrote a story today about a Ray J group of advisors, think they're around 600 million joined LPL. Guess what the for reason the tech was trick. for the tax? <laughs> so, yeah. so, so it's not. So, so maybe it's not the tax. So it's not the
0: tech. tech. Uh, <laughs> so the tech? Sell, Amelia, these sound like small deals. Like no, no offense. Uh, One hundred and thirty million dollar acquisition. Like we have advisors, so like a practice within our firm. Like is that an? Is that really an acquisition or is that a hiring?
1: Yeah, they call it an acquisition. Yes, but what I think it's interesting because that's the sixteenth they've done since twenty seventeen. So like, we
0: call those. Don't they call those uh, tuck-ins? like tuck-ins, like it's not a new office. It's like, let's tuck this into our Seattle.
1: Yeah, in some cases, yes. It, like in Beacon Points, they were op- they're opening and their presence in Seattle. They didn't have a presence before. Okay. So when they acquired that firm, they're opening in that market. Do we
2: ever know? Obviously, we can't know the specifics, but are these advisors getting a check to leave? Are they getting higher payouts? Do we know focus, what ed- the focus deals are? Ask focus they're deals are.
1: Yeah. So focus. It's they sell all their assets and then around fifty percent of their cash flow goes to the company. So um,
0: right. So if you if you're fo- if you're doing a deal with focus, it's probably for your retirement.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And it makes
0: sense because it's instant liquidity, and they're probably better at running an RIA yeah. than you are. Yeah. Because if you're like a boomer advisor, you didn't keep up with the tech. Yeah. Like mo- for the most part, right. Mm-hmm. So
2: I'm always curious, like what they tell their clients. Like oh, we were bought. It's essentially you were bought. Obviously, yeah. it's mm-hmm. not said that way, but like, congratulations, <laughs> you got bought. I got the check, but <laughs> but you
0: were you were acquired. Client. Well, I think
1: that's what they say, right? They say we have more enhanced offerings by True. joining yeah, yeah, this yeah. bigger yeah. firm, yeah. and it's going to make it easier for me to manage your yeah. money, and and it's going and to make succession, yeah.
0: Yeah, right. which is true. Uh, yeah, yeah,
1: it is, and yeah. I think with, when you join a bigger firm, you do get that—you get the succession planning, you get better portfolio management, risk, yeah, all no, that. No doubt.
3: Are, are you guys yeah. seeing a difference in the level as that was brought up? So there's the under five hundred million dollar asset mm-hmm. deal versus—is there—is there a difference in how those transactions are going? Are they growing more in the, the sub five hundred market or the higher?
1: It really ranges. These I and mean, these deals have been re- going on a lot in the last few weeks, and it's across. Years. But I think really ramped <laughs> yeah, up, yeah. definitely, yeah, years. But I think in the last few weeks, you've seen a lot. I think in October, November, we're going to see even more. But it really ranges. I mean, the big, the ones we we really focus on, I think, around the five hundred million. Uh, that's right. big. Um, but
2: let me ask you, let me ask you all of you a question: yeah. Do we think this is a result of people seeking bond alternatives, and/or is this part of it's cheap to borrow money, so they're going to do these deals? In other words, mm-hmm. let's say the ten year was at three percent, would that slow down these deals?
0: Yes, because this is all being funded by private equity firms who have to put money to work. Mm-hmm. Like like no, nobody is like paying out of pocket for these deals or not nobody, but they're not paying out of cash flow. They were given money from private.
1: E- yeah. Every one yeah. of the firms that I listed, they're right. all P.E. backed.
0: Right. So which. So it's cheap borrowing money. They're borrowing for cheap. This is part of the cheap money phenomenon. But then I also do think it is demographic. It? It's mm-hmm. it's older advisors mm-hmm. like they. There's not a lot of ways to get out of your practice Mm -hmm. and get value for it. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of ways. There's one way. Well, there's two ways. What else? Well, if you actually did real succession planning and you can be bought out internally by your employees, which is what we're attempting, wish wish us luck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then there's like, uh uh-oh, I'm 59. Yeah. I don't want to be doing this in 10 years. I should start engaging I'm not big enough for private equity to be interested in me, Mm -hmm. so I probably have to sell to an aggregator. Mm -hmm. And it's fortunate there are about 20 of them that can do billion-dollar acquisitions, Mm -hmm. Um, billion-dollar under-management acquisitions, I should say. But like that – I think is being enabled by cheap money. It's just another manifestation of the same thing going on all over the economy. So
2: what happens in a bear market or are, are, are acquirers even more aggressive because they're getting to borrow, they're getting to buy a company on the cheap. It's like, Oh, if we're paying you a, a, a multiple of revenue mm-hmm. or EBITDA or whatever it is. Let's wait a quarter. Let's wait, let's wait two <laughs> quarters must. and then we'll scoop you a little bit cheaper.
1: Yeah. Oh, we, the deals haven't slowed down. Right. We just talked about this. Like they're going on when the crash it in February last year, like there's, they were, they, have accelerated it i think
0: they take long enough to do that you don't stop it because of market volatility mm-hmm. right like it's not like an ipo right. where you're like oh this won't be well received like mm-hmm. it takes a long time to figure these things out so i don't think they would i don't think they'd be like risk they, they would be at risk because of the market
3: i wonder you mentioned succession planning and and older advisors getting out of you know the business but is there on the acquire side, what are they actually looking at as far as demographics, just the growth of the AUM, or what is actually pulling them to these certain companies? Because I just find it, you mm-hmm. know, especially these deals, they just, just from looking at face value, it looks sort of random. But is there something that they were looking at that made yeah. those all those deals attractive? I, think- I, I got to be honest,
0: like <sighs> just getting more assets. Is I feel much. <laughs> like it's just a land grab, and these people are kidding themselves because because there are probably some high quality firms being acquired, mm-hmm. but then there were probably a lot of situations where it's like. Yeah, I was a broker at Merrill, and then I hung my own shingle. And I'm tired. My clients are old, and and many of them are passing away. And many of my accounts are in decumulation. They're not mode. buying.
2: They're not buying 85 year old advisor books. Uh, I if think you're buying.
0: Boom, if you're buying boomer advisors, their clients are like 70s,
2: 70s, and 80s. I think that there has been enough transactions that they have a really good sense of the industry, the churn rate, like mm-hmm. what they're paying for. Um, I would be curious. Do we have any sense of the returns that these PE companies are generating for their investors? That's really interesting.
0: The hurdle is low. That's really interesting. If if the risk-free return is in real ra- in terms of real rates zero, how high could the hurdle be?
1: Yeah, you know, like it- that's an interesting. But do you question. think investors
2: are looking at these PE companies as bond alternatives? I don't know. I don't think so. Well, like mm-hmm. it's not the same sleeve.
0: Well, it's like it's like trillions of dollars. So yeah. like they have to put it to work. This yeah. is an easy. This is one of the easiest places to put to work. I don't know what do you, what do you think is going on? Like, what are they what are they looking at when they evaluate? Let's say there's five different firms they could buy.
3: Yeah,
0: what would make the 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 what would make the final deal they do? What would be the reason for it versus the other firms?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think one part of it is just the national footprint. I, I do actually think some of these RIA's they want to be everywhere, right? Yeah, so- like Hard Rock,
0: <laughs> which is smart, by the way, because if we're all <laughs> lo- remote rock anyway, probably. yeah. Like if it doesn't matter where your advisors are and where your clients are geographically anymore, Mm -hmm. which I don't think it does,
1: uh,
0: like Delano could open an account with somebody who lives in California Mm -hmm. or New Jersey, it would make almost no difference other than what time of day you call. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So that part makes sense. What else?
1: Yeah, because I I do, I think they look for the size, right? They look for, I mean, that's a huge one, right? How many assets they can bring over. Everyone talks about culture. They have to be the right partner, the right, yeah, the right I, fit I, and all that. I'll take Beyondo on that. Um, but I, I do think it's like the, the firms itself. I mean, it varies from RAA to RA. Some I do have to be sophisticated. Some have to have their own plan in place when yeah. they're retiring and, and what they plan to do with the business. But it really varies. I mean, some just want to pick up, pick up, pick up, and they'll acquire any old FA that wants to break away. And others are more diligent about the process. Do
0: any of these... Uh, are smaller RIAs selling themselves to a larger one do any of them take stock or are they just really taking cash
1: it's a mix of like it's either cash equity right it varies deal to deal okay. I, mean, I don't think there's like a one
0: if somebody took all cash for my bu- like I <laughs> I went to acquire someone and I said you have a choice you could have a mix we <laughs> could have all stock or you could have all cash and they're like just give me the cash that would be a bad signal to me.
1: Yeah. And the one with Allworth... Yeah,
0: give me the, just in case. Just, give just in case. Yeah. yeah.
1: The one with Allworth and the Maryland RIA, that was around $300 million. That deal was financed with a mix, mixture of cash and equity. So
0: Okay. I guess it depends on your age, whether or not you're willing to take equity in a larger RIA. Yeah. Because it's almost like re-upping.
1: Well, that's another part of it, right? What, is, what does the deal look like? I mean, some of these deals, we don't have the details on the actual transaction, so how it was structured. But I think with... With that, that one, and sp- that one specifically, right? That was a mix. Um, so, if the firm is willing to take a stake, right? Are they going to invest in the the company? What is that structure going to look like? And you have so many firms now working, like Park Sutton Advisors. Their whole business is the deal, right? How to structure a deal. I mean, now you have firms that are just doing that. They're not providing any funding or anything They're like consultants. That. Exactly, right? Just consulting on the deal. Mm. Um, so now you have a business on that, right? That's another whole. Are you skeptical, the-
0: like a? Like you, you started a firm. You're gonna build a culture, and you're gonna. I, I feel like that's what we're trying to do. Like, are you skeptical that five founders can come together into one larger firm and like actually function and get along with each other? So, if they didn't start off as partners. <laughs> I don't believe that they can really do that.
3: That's interesting, but it would you'd have to look at how much anonymity, how much autonomous the 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 five partners are. So if they're acquired, brought in, they're still able. To kind of maneuver the way they've been maneuvering. Or, but does that, you know, the choir will look at it as you have to ingrain into our culture and you have to start to, you know, kind of, you know, ingrain into how we do things. So I, I think. Can people change? Can an advisor who's been doing this for 25 years all of a sudden
0: become ingrained in somebody else's culture?
3: It would be hard. It would be really hard. There had to be some level of ability to have agency to do what you've been doing no, and fits fit in their structure. Doesn't Picture
0: work. Barry Redholtz, no. like, like, We sell to Peter Malouk, and then Barry has to become a creative planning. No,
2: Durant lasted three seasons in in Golden State. It doesn't work.
0: No, I I thought you were saying (laughs) Joe Durant lasted three seasons at Goldman Sachs. (laughs) That's what I thought you were about to say. He's he's been there longer than a lot of people predicted. I'm I'm skeptical. All right, let's let's talk about breakaways because if Citywire writes a lot about um, M and A, this is probably your second biggest topic, Mm -hmm. right? Would you say?
1: Yeah, it's followed by scandals. Yeah, right. scandals. A fr- okay. The fraudulent advisor, but no, I think the breakaways. I don't. We haven't seen a slowdown, but I, we're writing more about acquiring. it and has buying. to slow
2: down. If they were going to leave, they would have left four years ago.
0: What are they waiting for? Wait, is it a well, breakaway when they go from Merrill to RBC? That's not a breakaway. That's not.
1: A, we, we wouldn't classify that as a breakaway. Like the Ray J to LPL, that's not like a true true breakaway. If we if we looked at, I met an advisor at Orion, the conference I was at yesterday, and he left Merrill in February of last year. Mm, and good timing. Right? He left the day before the market crash. Market was down 13% when he started his business. So, so a unrail. Hey, did you get your
0: paperwork? Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but he left. Want to know? Guess why he left?
2: Technology.
0: Michael, mm, you're yeah.
1: good. Yeah, he left because he couldn't give his clients different tech offerings that he wanted. Yeah, sure,
0: sure, sure. sure. Yeah. His, client, his clients were dying for Risk and Orion. They, they couldn't, they couldn't they wouldn't wait at Merrill another moment.
1: What is the difference between Merrill Tech, right? Wiretech. Versus RIA hmm. tech
0: No What happened at Merrill Is actually a Shonda uh, Yiddish It's a very bad mm. thing it, it's, a sh- it's a shame <laughs> what, ha- what happened was They started basically Calling these guys Bank of America um, And people it, That work there I don't mean like kids But like old timers They really do Take a lot of pride In having been Merrill yeah. Legacy Merrill Whatever yeah. Yeah. When you tell them That they are now Bank of America securities I'm not saying That makes them leave I'm saying if they're on the fence Mm -hmm. and they're already maybe leaving, that's just like, you know what? This is not what I wanted to spend my career doing, Mm -hmm. like working at the bank. So
1: branding is important. I think if you lose the brand, people think you lose the culture. You lose what you what. I don't know what what marketing
0: consultant told them to kill the Merrill Lynch name. It's one of the all time dumbest things I've ever seen. (laughs) And we know that because they're actually there are people resurrecting defunct brokerages Mm. like Robertson Stevens is an RIA now. Like, mm-hmm. they they took the Rockefeller name back and built a, uh, and built a, mm-hmm. not the Jay-Z, Damon Dash, but, like, <laughs> family. The and they're building an RIA based on that. Like, these names have you know. something to them.
3: Mm.
0: So I think that's, like, a... I think that's part of, like, what's going on, at least out of Merrill, which is why I asked you, what is Sanctuary?
1: So I, that's what I was going to follow up with. Sanctuary is really building their business around trying to recruit those those Merrill advisors and other wirehouse advisors. So Jim Dixon runs the shop. He's been he's he's been had a huge success at this. Um we've been covering this at Citywire. So Sanctuary is devoting resources to recruiting these brokers and Ian Wenick again, um he reported on a recruiter that it actually has an equity stake in Sanctuary, and he's been sending clients there, and he didn't disclose that is to that his frown, clients. Is that frowned
2: upon? Mm-hmm. Ian yeah. Wanick is like Woj for RIAs. He is, <laughs> he's like he's breaking news all the time. He's like <laughs> yeah. Schefter and Woj combined. Oh, so wait a minute. So
0: he, so so he, he was, owes a responsibility to the broker that that hires him to find them a place, mm. Yeah. So Sanctuary is paying him too
1: yeah, and he just okay. the issue is he didn't disclose it to his clients. so but how I mean, how that relates to the firm is just they're trying really hard to scoop up these warehouse advisors, and they're taking it very seriously. But I, I think're we're, t- we're looking at this, right? We're keeping an eye on it. but that's really their model. They're really honing in on that warehouse space. and
0: i read, I read your article on the site about sanctuary. So it sounds like they're ex merrill guys who have very deep connections within Merrill all over the country. How to, and Merrill's are Merrill's cool with that? Are they getting sued like da- daily, <laughs> weekly? Yeah. Let, let me read this. A thundering herd of advisors continues to stampede <laughs> out of Merrill Lynch.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're all c- like half of these things are going to sanctuary. 600 million, 500 to- million, 3.2 billion. Meanwhile, Merrill's still 2
2: trillion, right?
1: Well, yeah, they're massive.
2: Like they're still they're, they're doing okay.
1: They're massive, but I think 17,000
2: that advisors.
0: That's how still. people
1: Attract, right? Like ex Goldman guys in San Fran that set up an RIA, they'll, they attract the Goldman guys to leave, right? It's, I mean, they use that. I met with an RIA in Houston. He's ex Merrill. He uses that to get advisors over. I think it's, it's a good marketing strategy, right? Like I used to be, you come over. It's better on the other side. Um, yeah. But we, I think we, it gets tricky when we're like Merrill brothers. <laughs> Do they
0: show each <laughs> other the tattoo of the, the ball
3: So this is like um, an aside, but when I was, you know, looking at starting, you know, in the in the advising space, I, you know, went to uh, uh, Merrill and was speaking to them, they're recruiting me and added a weird you
0: were, by the way, for the audience, you were a credit suisse yes. out of college. Yes, yeah, so I was a
3: credit suisse and in investor. But doing business.
0: banking, not doing like advisor trainee. hundred percent Okay. 100%. Right, so gone. Go
3: on. What they had they had a really archaic process of I don't know if I should say, but it was a really evaluation process of like some sort of virtual. This is actually they might have been the first to the metaverse. It was like a virtual um, play by play, ha- acting out how you do scenarios, and as an advisor, um, and it was really opaque, and I didn't really understand. It was like you went to an a av- meeting, there was someone that, hey, I do this, and can I get your card? And and it was no. a br- yeah, hundred percent. It actually failed this test, and I had no. Wait, clue. you had to like act out a scene exactly so <laughs> it was it, it. was a virtual it was virtual and you had to make decisions based on what happened in those areas right and <laughs> that's a good way to build culture culture. and so i you know i, I for <laughs> seeing things you know as we're mentioning seeing things leaving it just makes sense to me because i don't know if some of the bureaucratic old things are being done in certain areas or just makes sense especially for young people Get into the business there's got to be a shift and there's got to be more flexibility there's got to be better way to ingratiate people I just didn't yeah
0: that that's an somebody aside. explained to me there's two ways to get trained you go to Merrill Edge which is the call center mm. which is similar to the training you would get at like Fidelity or mm-hmm. Schwab it's like people with small accounts calling in and you learn I like that I actually think that's smart yeah. and Merrill Edge is like one of the biggest Robo advisors because that's basically what it is yeah. yeah I think it's like a lot of money mm-hmm. I don't know how much but I think it's a lot um, but then the other way is like my dad's rich mm-hmm. and I get put on a team and because like it's like family, friends. And then I have to like hump the phones for however long, <laughs> you know, like th- those are like still the two ways yeah. to to get the gig. So, all yeah. right. So when they called you and they said you have failed our uh, – <laughs> Our simulation like it's like the kobayashi maru in, in star trek the only way to win is don't play exactly right right that's you should pull the plug out of, out of the machine so you're like all right i guess i'll go to acting school
3: yeah or you're like
0: maybe i'll just set up my own firm and not deal with this bullshit ever again
3: no no i really credit you know what i saw from you guys is you know i was i knew about the ra space but i didn't fully know how an independent advisors worked in the sense of, you know, I read some different things and saw some articles and it just really brightened what, how it actually go about it. So that was really where it opened my eyes to like, let's do something, you know, that I felt was, you know, more, okay. more of my way. Yeah.
0: Okay. So then what you call Schwab Yeah. and you're like, I need a custodian. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yes. <laughs> I don't know if they're still like that now. You no, might have gotten in right, right I, before the, the door closed. I
3: did some finagling. Yeah. You know, they do have to, obviously the different custodians have different little things, but I did some finagling to to get my area into to and I feel like they're great. You know, Schwab has been great as far as custodian. So, you know, got, got hicked up the, the, with that relationship and really just started, you know, virtually, you know, hitting the phones and and, and really just talking You're to you. You have something clients now? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I Unbelievable. Wow.
0: I mean yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Right, like. Okay, are you doing a cover story on him yet, or?
1: Yes. Like, when is mm-hmm. that? That's no. editorial, but mm-hmm. I'm about to you see, pass your you, name ever see, you ever see
0: how this guy dresses? He's dressed to kill. Follow, yeah. follow Delano on Instagram. No, not today. Not today. He looks like me. Today he looks like Batnick. <laughs> Uh Follow, follow Delano on uh, Instagram if you want to know how to dress. Basically. Uh, so. I like the branding. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. So, so, all right. So you're killing it. Congratulations. If, uh, if, uh, if one of these uh, aggregators calls and they're like, Hey, not us. <laughs> um, if one of these aggregators calls and they're like, Hey, listen, uh, we want to buy you. <laughs> and not only do we want to give you full autonomy to keep doing things exactly how you're doing it, but we want to make you like, a big part of the firm's marketing because you obviously know how to do it. And we don't like, would that be possibly tempting to you <laughs> or are you like, just like steadfastly I'm doing this myself.
3: It's funny in the early days, I actually got random calls for that, but you know, I still
0: I'm, will, by the way, the more, the more TV you do, the more you're going to get that.
3: So yeah, yeah, I think I really steadfastly working on, you know, building kind of what new street in the community does and, Obviously, the financial planning. and Now we're looking at the private space, and and so yeah, I just want to make sure everything is well. For it sounds cliche, everything makes sense for all of our clients and, and what we're doing. And that's the only. So no. I think
0: what you're saying is you'll only move for better tech,
3: <laughs> for better <laughs> tech. Like yes. That's is that always.
1: All comes down to tech, boys. But he needs it a lot, but like a lot of tech,
2: right? All right. Exactly. So what's going on with the SEC overview of wow. of, of uh, what is this Twitter social
0: media? No, mm-hmm. this is like all right, DEPs. This is a new. Get used to this acronym. Have you guys I written about that? Up, yeah. Have you guys written about this yet? You will. No, the digital engagement practices, DEPs. So Gary Gensler gave a talk about just the way that apps are driving investor behavior, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. where those co- and, and where that might actually be very conflicted. And to me, this is no different than it's not a boiler room because people are voluntarily doing this themselves on apps. Yeah. But if you arrange the app a certain way to push people into certain outcomes, arguably, there are, there are boiler room esque um, aspects to this type of this type of thing. Are you YouTube talking about? Route, are, you ta-
2: are you talking about like confetti when you make a trade? Yeah, yeah. I think that stopped. <laughs> right. We'll, the, 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 we'll give you free, free shares
0: stock. of this if you do an options <laughs> trade or like.
1: Well, you open a Robin We had Hood sales account.
0: contests when I started. Like literally. Mm. Um, if, if you could sell 15,000 shares of this closed-end fund, you and your wife are going to Hawaii. Mm. You can't do that shit anymore. Mm. So now in an app, it's different than like guys in ties on the phones. But it, is it that different if you're building technology and engagement in such a way that you're pushing people into a certain type All of right, so, so that, behavior? So, that, so they're
2: talking about Robinhood and, and other
1: trading yeah. apps. Because if you open a Robinhood account, you get an actual stock, right? So that can yeah. drive that. Yes. Frenzy, you need to trade, you need to win the game. Yeah. So um, it can lead to riskier behavior, which makes sense. But All
0: right, here's Gary Gensler quote: In the last few years, we've seen a proliferation of trading apps, wealth management apps. So it's not just Robinhood and robo advisors that use these practices to develop and provide investment advice to retail investors. Uh, in many cases, these features may encourage investors to trade more often, mm-hmm. invest in different products. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or change their investment strategy. So this, to me, applies to Wealthfront, Betterment, um, Schwab Intelligent Portfolios, Vanguard Personal Advisor. For
2: example, when you open your Robinhood app, as I do 97,000 times a day, you you (laughs) see, it's not open, you see your daily performance. You get a snapshot of like, the most recent six hours or whatever it is.
3: Oh. How'd you do with the last six hours? So,
2: and it falls the screen, so it could look like you're falling off the cliff mm. and it's like, oh, I'm down to 75 basis points. I better <laughs> trade harder. You know, so that, that's an example of behavior that could be- uh, I better trade bigger.
1: No, 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 it would make you trade more if Of you course see that. it would. what
0: it does? Actually, you ever been in a casino? I'm not a gambler. But you ever play blackjack and you're, like, down to your last four $25 chips? Mm-hmm. Like, down to your last hundred? Mm-hmm. Let it all ride. One just, put it, just put it all on. I do the slot
1: machines. Every time.
0: Same principle. Like, yeah, I got a handful of coins left. Forget it. Yep. Let me put it you in. Know. Right.
2: Weekly options.
3: You said something interesting to me, which, um, you know, obviously they are pull, pulling that in for for retail investors. But you also said something interesting about a clubhouse event with me. Is, is it the discretion of when you have discretionary income? Are they really fueling it in the sense of, you know, there's giving – People are going to do this anyways, and whether it's gambling and sports or gambling in different areas, are is these are these apps whether it's Robinhood fueling it or are they just kind of giving people the ball and they're just shooting where they were going to shoot
0: See, the Both the answer is probably both, yeah. right? It's
1: a good question.
0: It's not
2: either or. They're both. They're both. They're both. Um, that,
0: and also, there are some apps that might attract them more somebody that's more likely to gamble yeah. than other apps.
2: So yeah. you are responsible for your own decision making. We're all adults. Mm-hmm. Yes, but there are certain nudges you can make. Um, like when, if you go to make a transaction on Betterment, if you go to sell on a down day, they'll tell you, okay, you can do this, but it's going to cost you X dollars in in capital gains. Do you still want to transact? Yeah. Other apps don't have those guardrails and in fact they go the other way and try and encourage you to trade based on the way that they're presenting your data.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Are you sure you want to hold? Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Hello. Like, uh you've like, been you've been inactive for 17 days. You, have
0: have you seen treasury rates lately? Are you sure you want to stay long, <laughs> these these stocks? Uh speak all right, speaking of gamification, what what's what, oh, what's this, this is about?
1: Funny. This is funny. I just put this on here because on Monday, China announced that minors can only play video games for an hour on Fridays, weekend, and holidays, and it's banned during the week. Mm. Why it made me laugh was we had the same policy in our household growing up. So. What
0: video game system were you classically trained on? I feel like you're a- guess, guess, guess. Nintendo 64. 64.
1: Yes, but also, guys- Super Nintendo? Sega Genesis. Guess my favorite game.
3: Duck hunting.
1: No. This you isn't on Nintendo. You guys just
0: go Super Nintendo, S- Sega S- Genesis. On Nintendo. A Nintendo? What? I almost finished oh, on
1: Nintendo. it. Nintendo, no. World of Warcraft.
0: That was your that was your jam. Yeah, I was
1: a WoW girl. Did yeah. you play? Did you yep. play it on the computer? Let's just say I bought some gold on eBay.
2: Were you like a Viking? Wait, did you
0: play? <laughs> on but I was PC? so terrible at it.
1: I would die. Yeah, I played okay. on PC. I would mm-hmm. always be in the graveyard trying to get out. If you guys played, remember?
0: I never. Got, I never got into. Uh,
1: you never got into WoW.
0: I was into He's girls. Old. Like basically, <laughs> no. Like when I would have been into video games, I was like very much like not not on the computer. I don't know. There wasn't Not a, a there
2: wasn't a computer.
0: <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a computer.
1: Yeah, we couldn't though. I I. Tr- I saw this and I showed it to my mom. I was like, Mom, you're ahead of China. Mm. You you restricted us during the week, only weekends. And, I
0: you mean, this turned, is, and you turned out great. So maybe China's onto something.
2: This is this is I mean, this is what happens in a in the communist society. Yeah.
0: I don't think they're gonna actually police it, and I'm judging that only based on Chinese video game stocks. Mm-hmm. I actually looked this up. They're higher. They got killed. But Chinese Chinese tech stocks get killed every day anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're actually higher now than when this this came that's out a couple of days ago. So
3: that's
0: e- either investors are looking past it and they're mm-hmm. like, "Well, whatever," or they don't believe it'll actually be enforced, or I don't know. But all right, let's say. So what do they want people to be doing if they're not if they're only playing 90, 90 minutes on a on a weekday? Sadoka.
3: Homework. <laughs> <Sadoka>. Homework. <laughs>
0: <Sure>. Uh <laughs> could you imagine us trying to do this in the United States? Would never work. <laughs> you, guys, you would never work. You can't even do this in your house.
3: No, no. I I was a big gamer growing up. It was you know I played at 64, GameCube, all all the games. And my brother's still the gamer. And I'm actually gonna get a PS5. My girlfriend wanted to implement a a two, one to two hour a week because she knew you know she did something, But I don't think you can implement it here. We're actually going the other side. Esports is just a bigger thing. um And I think you know. I think it's just a great way – they actually have studies that show – I didn't read them you know, in detail, but they have studies that show that playing video games is actually helpful cognitively and, and different things. And you're supposed to burn calories a little bit when you're pressing – so I don't know. I, I, we just can't implement my, it
0: here. My son was in OT when he was in kindergarten. Do you know what that is?
3: Mm-mm.
0: Occupational therapy. They thought – and maybe they were right – that like his hands weren't working. Like they would give really? them tests. They would give them OT tests – Like, use a pair of scissors, fold this into a triangle, like like shit like that. And he, like, he, like, literally couldn't do some of these things that other kids his age could do. We were terrified. And then he got the Xbox. And I was like, what are these people talking about? This kid's beating me in every video game we buy him. Like, crushing me in NBA 2K, Mm. crushing me in Madden. I was like, he doesn't have OT. He doesn't need... And so, of course, my wife, who's smarter than me, was she was like, yeah, he's probably so good at this because they took him out of class to do occupational therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, they would pull him out of his class. Oh, wow. So I, I don't hate video games. And I also think Fortnite might have saved him as a person during the pandemic. Mm. It was the only way he could see his friends for, like, weeks and weeks on end. Mm-hmm. They weren't in school. All their sports were canceled. He lived on Fortnite, like, six, seven hours a day. And wow. never did I even consider taking him off of it because what else was he gonna talk to me? Yeah. yeah. Like he needs to be talking to his friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So him calling his friends like MF and F you and <laughs> like I'll kill you and like I'll come to your house for real and kill you if you do that again. And what's wrong with you? And you suck, like just listening to that coming from the basement. Yep. I was like smiling. I was like, Okay, this kid has a it's social a life. It's a thing. So I'm pro I'm pro video game. Uh, All right. I think (laughs) it'll be tough to top that, but we're going to go into cell box. And I'll tell you another thing. (laughs) I'm going to say this really quickly. Stop telling me you can't hire people. Literally, there's still 7 million people without jobs from before the the pandemic. There are 75 million millennials in the workforce. Mm. There's going to be another 75 million Gen Z right behind them. Mm. Pay people and they'll come work for you. And if they're not trained to do what you need them to do, well, then fucking train them mm-hmm. like companies have been doing for 5,000 years. Like if you need somebody to perform a task, show them how to do it. Yep. Um, and so is my rant. <laughs> if you're a Fortune 500 CEO saying you have thousands of unfilled jobs and then you're authorizing billion-dollar share buybacks and you're issuing yourself millions of dollars in stock options, where's the disconnect? Yeah. Like that's the money that you could otherwise use to pay people. Or train them, or both. Yeah. What am I? Am I missing anything? Co-signing this. Yes. You want to remain silent for this? Sorry, I was. You worried that Cliff Cliff Asness is going to hear this and give you the the,
2: the other side. I was thinking about what I was going to say. To be honest, All right. I forgot to put something in the doc. That's All why right. I'm silent.
0: Duncan, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I think it makes sense, especially if there's money for other things, like you're saying. Why not train people?
0: Well, mm-hmm. like if if you have ten thousand jobs, you can't fill, but you have a billion dollars stock buyback authorized. Like what, or like? Do you really want to fill those jobs? You might not want to. Mm-hmm. That might yeah. just be something you're saying to Wall Street.
1: Well, automation's
2: so. coming, right? So,
0: well, that's that's all. That's the whole other thing. All right, that's that's my soapbox. That's all I want to say on that. Who, who's going next? Amelia.
1: You want me to go, Michael? Go ahead. You Want me to go ahead of you? Go ahead. I'll go. I'll go first. Well, I'll start with less attention. I think people should pay less attention to return to office discourse, and that's mm-hmm. all everyone's talking about. Less? Go we should back. pay less.
2: Why? Interesting.
1: Because I just it's. At taking up so much space, every RIA is, is trying to figure out their plan and strategy mm. to coming back. And if the business is, has been working successfully with your employees at home, don't put pressure on them to return. Like, yeah. let's just keep it as is. And I think everyone's talking about it. Everyone's trying to figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to run their practice yeah. back in the office. And I, I don't think it needs to be as much of a focus as it currently is. Yeah. Because right now, I mean, th- that's the plan September after Labor Day. Mm. Everyone's supposed to be going back.
0: Well, here we are, September, September second. <laughs> are you are?
1: You, are you back in the are office? Are you listening guys? to
0: this on the way to work? <laughs> Let us know. Yeah. Uh, okay. We're back one day a week. So, what do you want to? What do you think we should be paying more attention to? Because I think I agree with this.
1: Guys, I hate that I'm bringing up tech again, but I'm going to. I think people should pay more attention to the integration of tech. So, I was at a tech conference and the big theme that kept coming up in all the interviews that we had with RAAs at the conference was they're basically trying to integrate all these different technologies across prospecting, planning, portfolio management. And it's, excuse my French, a shit show. And Mm -hmm. on top of that, you have consolidation in the TAMP and the tech industry. If you look at Orion Wright and Brinker, that literally happened last year. Mm -hmm. So it's causing a headache. And I think a lot of advisors don't know how to basically move all these softwares to work cohesively together. It's a lot.
2: Chris, Chris has been on this for years, mm. that like the Holy Grail is something that talks to everybody, but there's too many pipes. Single
0: sign-in sign yeah. is the advisor Holy Grail. It's and not going to happen. It's not going to
2: happen. We spoke mm. to too many companies, and they're like, guys, we, we hear you. It we cannot be. There's too many pipes, there's too many companies, there's too many integrations, mm-hmm. and there's too many moving parts because all of these companies mm-hmm. are continuously updating their software and or they're built on a legacy system and they literally can't. It's like it's too or they
0: get acqu- Or they get acquired and the roadmap they told you- And they just shut it off. Just changes. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we were building this, but our new owner, another private equity firm thinks we should build
2: that. A lot yeah. of fintech companies have made a lot of promises to us over the years that fell by the wayside.
1: Well, so that, I mean, every I posted this on Twitter, LinkedIn. Every single person said yes. This is an issue I'm facing. And then some tech platform said, come find us. We'll solve this right, issue, course, yeah. right? The li-
0: One thing I, di- I think we did that was very smart, it took us a while to make mistakes and figure it out. We now only contract with the biggest company in each vertical.
1: So who do you guys use?
0: Salesforce. Okay. Yeah, so- you know what I'm saying? Like they're- Salesforce is not going to get acquired by a private equity firm yeah. <laughs> and then lay off all the people that are helping us. No. Uh, we had different
2: challenges with that, but – I we, mean, listen. Listen, it's trade-offs. You, you, it's t- trade-off. you trade some challenges for other ones. Mm-hmm.
0: No, o- nothing's perfect. Orion, which I've been hearing is for sale every day since we started working with them eight years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so far, we're okay. And if it got sold, I feel like it would. they would plan that well because everything they're Orion does. They're is... Who can
2: afford them? The Fed? They're, well, like, they're, they're, they're big. They're
0: owned by, no, they're owned by a PE that might want to sell it to a bigger PE. Investnet? That's like That's what goes on these days. Yeah. No, private equity to a bigger no, private I equity. I understand. Uh, Riskalyze, which just got sold. Hopefully, they don't break all the APIs.
1: Yeah, mm. we broke that story.
0: Right, but they're but they're still going to run themselves. So I don't really even understand how it's a sale. Yeah, I'm a shareholder though, so I'm not going to complain at all. Uh, th- love you, Aaron. <laughs> uh, who, who else do we work with? I don't know. I feel like we work with like big companies yeah. though. At this point, we start. And that's we did stuff move. with. We did stuff with like startup uh fintech providers. Like for robo asset management mm-hmm. was a debacle. Mm-hmm. We've done that too. And I'd just rather pay up and work with the premium. I forgot about that. Remember that shit? Yes. Uh, I, how do you make your tech decisions? What do you look at?
3: So primarily, you know, efficiency is, is a big thing for me. It's just, it's just making sure that it's efficient and it works well for the clients. So obviously, custodian side Schwab, but they do most of the the big back office things that I need. And, and
0: I make decisions based Schwab on- Schwab provides a lot. Yes. As it is. Yes. Yeah.
3: And from there, it's just really what kind of clients tell me. You know, I'll bounce that off and see if it makes sense efficiently for the firm, for myself, for the clients. Uh, but that's it's pretty simple what do, is, what
0: do you think is harder for advisors these days? Picking an asset manager for, a, for an asset class or, or a category of investing or picking a tech provider?
2: Tech. tech
0: it's going to have a bigger... I, th- I feel like the tech provider is going to have a bigger impact on the client satisfaction mm-hmm. than whatever mutual fund manager mm-hmm. you go with. Yeah.
3: You agree with that? Yeah, of course. Like, yeah. Huge,
0: right? Tech's
1: the future. Yeah,
3: yeah.
0: okay. Uh,
3: Delano, what do you got? So, um, I said people, we should all be paying a little bit more attention to what's happening in the private markets. I'm sure yes. a lot of people are, but you know I'm seeing, I just have been obsessed with that. Um, In the last few months and really, you know, just because it's from things that we're trying to we're looking to do. But I just had the article in Crunchbase. There was 72.1 billion invested from seed to growth uh, in Q1 of 2021. I think it's just an interesting wow. area, for, especially for younger investors. You know, we would just talked all about trading and retail trading, that short term mind frame that especially is fixated on a lot of people. But everything that's done in the private markets in the early stage is a longer horizon, and I want um, you know myself, clients, all people, you know, people listening to, to this great podcast to really think about how they're they're aligning and allocating for you know longer horizons into more growth, the potential, in, in the private markets. What are you, what are your solutions for getting clients access to this space? So one, we're just looking at you know creating a deal by deal syndication for, for some of our clients that have accredited investor status. And and that's going to be the big thing. And we're creating deal pipeline for that now and and making sure that um, we have enough um, deal pipeline to go to clients and say, Hey, this is an opportunity. Do you like it? We'll have the memo, everything. But that's, that's one area. Um, Obviously, you know, that's the biggest, the biggest realm for, for us to do it. And that's the way we're, we're, I'm going to take a approach for it. I think a lot of people have been educating themselves, but the issue that they find is one analysis by paralysis, they're stuck because they don't know what to do. And it's, it's very more complicated um, in most cases than other stuff. It's so, hard
0: to know what to do because advisors are not trained to vet privately traded companies. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's, let's just start with that. Let's say they, they think they're trained to do that for a public stock. Yeah. Okay, sure. So, <laughs> Right. Uh, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm just saying, I watch Mad Money too. Sure, <laughs> Sure. pick stocks. Okay. Now you're going to pick privately traded stocks where in addition to all the risks that you have – buying a public company, you have the risk that there's no liquidity whatsoever.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And, that's a new,
0: and yeah. they're not reporting their financials to how the do you New York not, Stock Exchange. How do you like, not
2: get Eduardo'd, like, in social network and just be like, oh, uh, you're going to get that looted to zero and we're going to maintain our... Yeah, which has actually
0: the- happened to me in real life, by the way, uh, in one instance. <laughs> that thing where they, like, sell it, but they explain to you how you didn't actually own the shares that got sold. <laughs> it was different shares. Right. Like, that, that literally <laughs> has happened to me. Right. Uh, so...
2: Actually, Delano, this is what I, w- I was going to say—the exact same thing. That business is booming. I'm mm-hmm. actually like writing a piece about this. That there are the business formation that we've seen, like literally in the in the data, is insane. And mm-hmm. this is all a direct result of COVID. Mm-hmm. People at home rethinking their lives. Do yeah. I really mm-hmm. want to do this nine to five? Yeah. It's engineers and software people leaving their fang jobs 100%. and going out on their own. And so. Andreessen Horowitz just launched a $400 million seed fund. Yeah to focus specifically on this, and people might think this is a bubble, and I think it's just started. Like, the amount of money that's going into these companies is insane. And I am so, 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 so bullish on the ramifications of this, just as a consumer of a lot of these services. I'm not talking about what this is going to do with the economy, although I think it will transform it. I don't know what it's going to do with the stock market. But in terms of somebody that, like, uses services, and we all do on a daily basis, I'm psyched. There's this one company that just raised a bunch of money where – when your dashboard light comes on on your car, like, oh, f- what is this now? You have to go to Pep Boys. You have to wait an hour scrolling on Twitter while it gets diagnosed. Mm-hmm. They show you, like, whatever's wrong. You're like, yeah, sure. Like, you don't know what you're, t- what, right?
0: Yeah, it's so, a fan belt.
2: Yes, yeah, so it's just, it's a whole pain in the ass. And you gotta, somebody's gotta pick you up. You gotta yeah. go. The whole thing sucks. There's so many, yeah. The whole thing stinks. So there's a company that was, fe- that was uh, just raised, I think, $40 million. Wow. They come to your house. They come to your driveway. Their technician comes in a Jeep okay. or whatever, or van. And they fix your car. And I'm sure you're going to pay up for that. But like that's an example. Every time we think, oh, like all the food has been plugged. Like no. There is still so much innovation going on 100%. that people are building every day. So I'm, I'm pretty bullish about that. The, the, yeah. the, right. The challenge
0: Advisors are going to have to answer more and more questions about how people can get access to venture back startups. Because these are like name brands now before they come public. Yep. Like you think about an Airbnb coming public, Robinhood, Coinbase, the size that these things were. Yeah the mind share they already had in the minds of investors. 100%. Like you're going to have to have a better solution than let's wait till an IPOs. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. We should be paying a lot more attention to uh, private markets for
2: sure. Yeah. Our, cli- our clients are. So <laughs> like, what do you want to or not?
0: <laughs> All right. Let's uh, Mike, what do you got for a soapbox? Anything? I just did it.
2: I was literally going to say what Delano said.
0: Okay. Let's do favorites and then we'll get out of here. And I think like this was almost obligatory. Did we all spend the last three days trying to like Donda? Uh, new Kanye West record.
3: <laughs> I listened to it once. That's it. And I, it, there's a couple songs, but and, and being a Drake fan, I just have to go to the other. So I'm OVO, so I just listened to it once, gave it a listen, 27 songs or whatnot. It was okay. It was okay. That's my review. 20, seven, 27, 27 songs. Yeah, seven twenty. Uh, Scor-
0: Scorpion was a double album. So Drake could do 27 songs and have it be cohesive. Yes. Uh, this was not that. Wait, how many? How
2: many? How long is the album? Seven.
0: Seven hours. It's almost two hours. It's ridiculous. They're, all right. So it's I, like the Irishman. I think you and I agree there are like some highlights that are amazing, like some high points, but there's too much other stuff to wade through. No. And maybe just too bad. Like if you want the good, you have to take all the other insanity. Yeah. <laughs> that just might be what it means to be a a, a Yeezy fan in 2021. Yeah, uh, Amelia, you have a you have a Donda take. I know you do.
1: Guys, I haven't listened. I feel
0: okay. Feel like I should. That's a pretty strong <laughs> take in and of itself. <laughs>
1: I know. Okay. I know. I need to. Okay. I'm. I've let you guys all down. I can feel it. Have uh, you listened, Michael? I listened
2: to one eight minute track. Jesus, something. What was the name of that song?
1: <laughs> Jesus walks. No, 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 no that's,
2: that's his actually old track.
1: the best. That wait, I, so- I, I saw people. G. No, Jesus Lord locks Part God, Two is the best the
2: track on the because album. Because like. that, that was an eight-minute break song. Break Actually, down. I liked it. G- that has <laughs> the- <laughs> right, Amelia, down. <laughs> down. That has the locks. Jesus on Lord. It. That's two thousand three. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's two of those. though. I, th- I thought
0: that was good.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesus Lord this.
0: Part Two has the locks. Yes. And Jay Electronica, yeah. and maybe Kanye's best, uh, best verse, lyrical verse. I think, and then it ends with Larry Hoover Jr. reading a statement. Because Kanye is the one that went to the White House and got mm-hmm. his father, yeah. um, uh, what's it called, like out of out of jail what, yeah. uh, pardoned. Yes, yep. his father was like the head of the the gangster disciples in Chicago, mm-hmm. and he sat in jail for thirty years while this mm-hmm. kid grew up. And then, so there's like a there's like a pretty powerful end to that track. Yeah. All right, if you're gonna listen to one Donda track, listen to Jesus Lord Part Two. That's the one I listen to.
2: And then the rest is this,
0: just not is so great. Is it right. as good as
1: Jesus Walks no. though? Be what, that
2: was that college dropout. That was that was in college. I was in like two thousand two, two thousand three, two
1: thousand three. Kanye's workout plan.
0: No, that so was, it like, it mean, was like it was like two thousand six. No, two thousand five or earlier. No, four or five
1: and early. one and two and three. And through, four. through the
0: wire was was before Jesus walks, and that was O three. So, oh, uh, that's what I'm thinking of.
2: No, college dropout. What year was that?
0: Anyway, we whatever. could just say that he hasn't made like a great album. In We're all eleven years. What did you
3: think about the rollout? Which was where they said stupid the millions were printed for him just by having the listening parties and listening shows in different cities. And that was the bigger play than just releasing 27 songs. That so the rollout started. was
0: exhausting and I think complicated whether or not you could even like what you heard. Mm. And I thought he was doing that so he could like gauge the crowd's reaction and edit things out. Interesting. It seems like he like added during yeah. that process. Yeah. Uh, uh, let me, let me just say it, say it like this. This might be one of the biggest years for hip hop in history. Mm. By the time we're done, like we got J Cole in April or May, yeah. we got Tyler the Creator this summer. Um, we're gonna get new Drake t- uh, if you're oh. listening to this, probably today, yeah. uh, and God knows how many how many tracks are gonna be on that. Um, but we got like a new DJ Khaled this summer. Like we got a lot. Migos came out this this summer. We got a lot of big records. Of all of them, this is the one I'm least likely to still be listening to by the end of the year. Agreed. You agree with me on that? Yeah, agreed. What do you think about the Drake rollout? I love it. The bo- <laughs> the billboards.
3: I do like it. The billboards, the the whole graphic, the cover. When does um, Farner drop a album?
0: <laughs> Jay, and Jay's verse on on the new Drake is gonna be way hotter than whatever's on <laughs> the, the Kanye record. Which, e- exactly. Which I thought was weak. Sounded like he wrote it in the elevator. <laughs> like like on his way to Pilates. Uh all right. Let's Let's keep going, Michael. Your favorite for this week?
2: Uh, Matt Klein has a Substack. I actually am a paying subscriber, but this piece was free on why interest rates are so low, and it is a demographic spoiler slash inequality story. I thought this was it's not even thinking. worth
0: discussing. I feel everyone should read this. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. Okay, so this is on the, uh, what is it called the Overshoot. The overshoot. Co. Okay. Is is Matt Klein's? All right, uh, Delano favorite.
3: So this week, my favorite thing, um, I think Amelia was going to talk about this too, but White Lotus, did you watch did you Let's watch hit that? it up top. You guys, yeah. Mad, yeah. you guys are mad late on this. <laughs> we're so, so late.
1: We're I We are obsessed all. with it I finished. I finished. Can okay. we talk about it?
2: That <laughs> was good music. Can we do spoilers? <laughs> that, <was, we> <laughs> that was seriously. Can the we do music spoilers? Sh- yeah.
3: Can
1: we do spoilers, yeah. Yeah, 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 guys? Yeah. I just, I really um, want to. Right, what
0: do you want to say about it? What? I want to hear it. I'm pretty upset,
1: guys. I need to really let some, let some. what? Go, go.
0: You don't like how it ended?
1: I didn't. I didn't like it at all. I
0: predicted that shit on the show. I did. No, I no. think you told me. Imp- well, you nope. did predict
2: it. Nope. You did it on the show? I did it on the show. Uh-huh. Wait, why didn't you like it?
1: Okay, I just, I just the ending. I, I thought it was the obvious one. I mean, he was taking all the drugs. I was like, I didn't, the way he died, that mm. was unexpected. Mm. But I thought he was going to be the one that died. So that, I was hoping for okay, Olivia so or me. Paula.
0: Okay, really? You wanted one of the teenage kids to die? What's <laughs> wrong with you?
1: They were just. That's, they were just that's nasty. some. That's some.
0: That's some take.
1: Paula, really? They Paula? were nasty. Did oh, you know on, girls Paula like did. did?
0: Did you know girls like that when you were when you were growing up? That's why you I grew up to in die. Westport, Connecticut. Of oh, course, man. I did. That's the whole. T- that's the <laughs> I grew whole up town. with Olivia. How'd you turn out so nice? Because
1: <laughs> I wasn't you're like friends one with of my Olivia. favorite. like one of my Paula. favorite people.
0: How did you come out of Westport, <laughs> Connecticut?
1: Because I'm from England, darling. Okay, and also because Olivia wasn't friends with me.
0: How do you hold that back? That accent is so much better than your fake one.
1: I know I need to do it more. And I think I'm going to keep is this City up wire CityWire asking yes, you to so. not do
0: that because it's CityWire USA? Yeah, do I have to talk to uh, – My
1: voicemail in this accent. I say thank you for calling Amelia Garland of CityWire Real- USA. Oh, oh,
0: yeah, I mean that, that sounds more good. like you. All right, yeah. stop. <laughs> Duncan, we're going to do the whole show over again. <laughs> But we'll okay. <laughs> but Amelia but Amelia's gonna stop play acting. She's gonna talk with us.
1: I <laughs> want to be me, and I'm. I've been held back.
0: We can just have her done. Josh, it.
1: thanks for letting me be free. Oh, free th- thanks for
0: coming on, Kira Knightley. We appreciate <laughs> it. Amazing. Um, all right. White, so White Lotus. Let me say one thing. All the rich people win, <laughs> and all the poor people or disadvantaged people lose.
2: That's the point. I
0: didn't see it go- going that way because there's never been a show yeah. that most shows with rich people, the rich people end up at mm-hmm. the end or in the case of succession they're f- every scene of every episode they were just miserable this was the opposite this was mm-hmm. like they all kind of got what they wanted and everybody else that works for them or whatever comes out of this either dead yeah or in a war or in a worse situation yeah. Yeah. that was that's guts for hbo to like let yeah. mike white end the end the series that way so. tanya
1: killed me that scene where she's uh, she's trying to throw her ashes off the boat.
3: Oh my god! <laughs> that was the worst character I felt. Like. I agree. I, I did. <laughs> I didn't I, she, she did nothing <laughs> for me.
2: Although uh, Uncle Rico, the guy from <laughs> <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite, her boyfriend, that was Uncle Rico. Yeah? Oh okay, yeah. He's yeah. that was
1: Uncle Rico. <laughs> yeah. I love Napoleon. We're Bennett.
2: old. Napoleon Dynamite's like fifteen years ago at least.
1: He, my lips but, are so But even chapped. still, he
2: did he did not age well. I can't. Dude, he aged better than I will. Come on.
0: Yeah, that's, well, true. Okay, <laughs> fair. All right, uh, Amelia, favorites.
1: So I was on White Lotus, too. Yeah. And
0: we're going to move past I, that. We're going to move past
1: that. We don't Sorry, need to go into it me. again. I'm too <laughs> devastated. Uh, on what I'm listening to, I f- guys, I feel bad. I'm not on the hip hop tracks. I don't, I don't listen to that. I, I've been listening to this.
0: We're gonna convert you. <laughs> yeah. Keep coming back.
1: I got next next one. I'll, I'll be listening. Send me some tracks. Send <laughs> I me some tracks. I got you. Um, I've been listening to that blend of of rock, blues, reggae. I yeah. really into probably the, like
0: most of our listeners, quite frankly. Really into slightly okay.
1: stupid. I know that they're old, but I just I went to Red Rocks. My little brother lives in Boulder, so I was visiting him first time there. Insane venue. And Citizen Cope, which is also another oldie, they, mm. they opened. I remember Citizen Cope. Right? Okay. And it was unbelievable. I was like, this music. It gets, it got me. I mean, the crowd there.
0: How sick is Red Rocks as a place to see shows? One of the best places maybe in the whole world. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah.
1: It's, it's you know how I know it's good?
0: I saw Dave Matthews there and I hate them. And it was a great show. I
1: really hate Dave Matthews too. That makes me love you more.
0: But at Red But at Red Rocks, like it was like an yeah. awesome show. So yeah, they
1: did covers of Red Hot Chili Peppers, Soul to Squeeze. You guys know that one? Wow. Okay.
2: You know my take. On, my take on Dave Matthews. He's not as good as like everyone thought when they were sixteen, but he's not as bad as everyone thinks when they're like thirty-five. Uh, you know who's brilliant, <laughs> Dave Matthews,
1: our friend. Oh, our friend. There Dave. is one yeah. song. Is it called? Is it Crush? We're Crash? not gonna play it. Yeah, no. I'm not gonna play it. Yeah, Oops. and we're not
0: gonna sing it either. Wait, that's the one song you like? Crash?
1: Yeah. Only uh, song, only song I like.
0: Okay. Uh well, let's so we got to the Dave Matthews portion of the show and I think that's a good place to <laughs> yeah. end. You guys are you guys are awesome and this was so much fun having you both here. You had not met before today. No. And no. now you're going to be on the cover of uh, City Citywire. <laughs> see how you see how we make dreams come true. Uh I thought I thought this was a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again and thank you guys for coming thank you. and uh I just I feel like uh, we got to a lot of advisor stuff, which a lot of our listeners are either clients of advisors or advisors themselves Mm -hmm. or serving Mm -hmm. advisors in some capacity. And I don't think we've ever done a show this heavily on that topic. So Mm -hmm. I'm really glad we did. And I thought it was awesome. It was awesome. And if you guys were happy with your performances, we can end here or we can just start from the beginning. I
1: think we have to start from the beginning (laughs) so I can talk like this Uh,
0: for the latest in financial blogger. Uh, Couture Am I saying that word right Check out idoneshop.com. We have some new stuff in the store coming This fall not yet YouTube.com slash the compound RWM If you want to watch Amelia and Delano and me and Michael uh, and And see some of the highlights That's where you want to go That video will be up very soon and if you love investing podcasts, make sure you check out. You have a podcast too, right? Yeah. Plug yep. it. What yep. is it?
3: Your Money, Your Life podcast. Thank you for allowing me to plug. Your Money,
0: Life podcast. Your Money, Your Life. You okay. Know? You haven't invited me as a guest.
3: I, I well, didn't know. I would invite you. I appreciate you inviting I'm me.
0: pretty good at this. I don't want to
3: come. <laughs> I don't know if you can
0: tell. Uh, all right. Check out check out Delano's podcast and check out his Instagram. Make sure you follow Amelia on Twitter is your thing. Okay. Amelia Garland on Twitter. She's awesome. Garland goes
1: west.
0: At Garland goes west is the handle. (laughs) We'll link to that. And if you love investing podcasts, never miss Animal Spirits with Michael and Ben. And by the way, Ben, get well soon. You know, we love you. Feel better. Feel better. Right. And we will see everybody very soon. All right, that was pretty good, right? Yeah,
1: smash, smash that.
0: that. Where are my where are my Altoids? Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I
1: checked I well, saw well, you getting, Ganey, high, yeah, yeah, getting yeah. high,
0: on our supply over there. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I've well, opened two now. Good.
0: Guys, that was amazing. All right, so we'll do another so we'll do another much. episode tomorrow. So you guys <laughs> come back. I love this new, so new, much. New doc. It's so easy. You guys make
1: making so much fun.